It is another edition of Wyans Wednesday here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. On today's episode, Jacob Wyans joins me to discuss the latest on Aaron Ekblad's injury, who should be called up. We're also going to discuss more on the bodies that are on the Florida Panthers roster and if there's buyer remorse right now for Bill Zito. And we're going to preview tonight's home opener for the Florida Panthers at FLA Live Arena against the Philadelphia Flyers on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Wednesday, October 19th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're to our team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramon Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, it's it's been more than 24 hours now that we processed the loss of the Panthers against the Boston Bruins 5-3, to three, like what we saw happen on Monday night. And now there's been a, a few more developing stories based on the state of the Panthers roster and Andy Slater, who, if you follow him on Twitter, he's always breaking news around the South Florida sports scene, not just South Florida, but just entertainment in general. And he reported that Aaron Eckblad has suffered a grade two groin strain after, after turning the puck over against Jake DeBrus that resulted in Patrice Bergeron scoring the second goal of the game. And it's a big, it's a little bit of a bummer for the Panthers right now, especially with what Aaron Eckblad has gone through and where the Panthers sit as far as the decor right now. But let me bring in my guest here on the show. It's once again, a Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And Jacob, Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me as always. Really appreciate it. As always, man. And this this news isn't easy to hear uh, if what Andy Slater is reporting is true based on Aaron Eckblad about the grade two uh, groin strain. I don't pretend to be a doctor, but I did uh, did a little little bit of a Google search on uh, grade two uh, groin strains and the injury from what I read is somewhere around four to eight weeks of a recovery. When in the grand scheme of things, when we see what type of injuries Aaron Eckblad has gone through the last two seasons specifically, this is a very encouraging one. His season's not over. He's going to come back. But as far as the now and where the roster stands already, and of course, I yesterday I went through a little bit of scenarios of whether Ekblad does go on LTIR or he doesn't. Right now, we have the scenario of L- likely LTIR for Aaron Ekblad. 
So let, let me get your thoughts on, on not only Aaron Ekblad's injury, but really we had three games in between your last appearance here on Locked On Panthers. So just, I'm going to give you the floor on like a wellness check uh, uh, from the first three games of the season. Yeah, so I definitely want to start with the positives before getting into the negatives. And positive is first three games, it's three road games, and you come out of that two and one. I think you take that. that is, things didn't go great in Boston. Um, got exposed on defense a little bit, but honestly, it was just because of, of being so shorthanded, uh, down two key players on the the right side of the D on the right side of the defense. Um, you got guys playing out of position. You got four defensemen rolling for most of that game. Honestly the fight they put up was encouraging um game first game second game i thought the panthers took care of business um i was encouraged to see them come out with fight and energy against buffalo in, a, in an afternoon game which historically has been a problem for the panthers coming out flat in those noon games um the first game against the islanders that was a real tough grinded out kind of playoff style win and they took care of business there too held a good islanders team to just a goal got fantastic goaltending first two games of the season. Uh, that definitely can't be overlooked. Um, so definitely a lot of encouraging things. Uh, some breakout players like Colin White has been fantastic to start the year. Matthew Kachuk, absolutely fantastic. He's stepped in and produced right away. Uh, another encouraging sign, but not necessarily what we hope to see the first couple of games is the fact that the top line hasn't scored a goal yet. You're two and one and the top line hasn't scored a goal. Barkov has been quiet. Verhage's been quiet. Those guys have been relatively invisible. And you still win two out of three games. You know those guys aren't gonna stay aren't gonna stay quiet. So it's definitely some some encouraging signs there. Um now when we get into the negatives, it's obviously the Aaron Eckblad injury and to a lesser extent Brandon Montour. Um Montour, of course, not necessarily long term. I'm I kind of wonder if his upper body injury uh, is related to that uh, cheap hit he took after the whistle uh, in Buffalo from Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, he was down on, on a knee up against the boards and Dahlin comes in at, way after the play and crushed him uh, against the boards there. I, I wonder if it has to do with that. But with Ekblad, it's unfortunate. Um, that can't be overstated. He's huge for this team. Best defenseman on the team by far. And now we're looking at, at possibly uh, going a, a month without him, hopefully back uh, so, some stuff that I've been reading it, it kind of puts his target around Thanksgiving or something in that area. Uh, we don't want to speculate or predict, but just typically with this injury, it's, it's four to eight weeks, four to six weeks, something around a month. Um, we should brace ourselves for that. That is really unfortunate, uh, not just for, for Ekblad, but for the team. I think it's, I think adversity is good at the beginning of the year uh, for a team like the Panthers. You want to be able to overcome these type of things. And they've, de there's going to be guys who have to step up, take on bigger roles. And that helps you in the long run. Uh, I don't think it's a season killer by any means. Uh, the only, the, the one thing that, that really hurts though is Ekblad's chances at maybe a Norris trophy campaign. It, that ta it takes a huge hit when he misses time like this and, and, He's a Norris caliber defenseman, and I was really excited to see him chase that trophy this year. But um, that, that, you know, he may struggle to catch up uh, with the amount of time he's going to miss. So that's unfortunate on a on a player level. But from a team standpoint, um, it, it sucks, it hurts, but the season is far from over. Absolutely, and let let let's talk about how rare 
the pan it was for the Panthers to have really any adversity last season and the fact that they're facing it so early this season I mean is it stressful for us as fans and for us to talk about absolutely but if you're able to build off this and to come out stronger from it and really once again Paul Maurice has emphasized about playing your best hockey at the right time towards the end of the season not just stretching it all the way through the regular season and that's really where the Panthers will need Aaron Eckblad and this is a lose-lose situation Jacob because going over the whether he goes on LTIR the 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 great thing about LTIR for Aaron Eckblad is you can put 23 players now on the roster for the Panthers you can call up a Lucas Carlson a Michael Delzato even and Matt Kirstead's off-season opening IR, according to AHL transactions, and Cap Friendly actually confirmed that he's no longer on season opening IR, so he could be called up for the Panthers. And there could be an, possibly another forward, too, uh, like a, an Alexi Hepaniemi or Grigory Denisenko. It, I, I'm going to assume it's going to be along the lines of two defensemen, one forward in this situation with Brandon Montour, with the uncertainty of Brandon Montours. But... It, it 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 no nobody wins here because when when he does come back during Thanksgiving, these same problems that the Panthers had with the salary cap are gonna come back and they're likely gonna have to go back to twenty uh, players. So that's gonna that it 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 doesn't make this issue go away with where they are with the cap. No, it's it's definitely a pinch that they're in right now. So. Uh, assuming Ekblad misses time, you're able to temporarily fix that. Uh, like you said, you can call up a couple defensemen. I think Lucas Carlson is definitely first in line. I think Michael Delzato is a guy who will likely get a look. Uh, he'll probably get called up. Um, I could, to a lesser extent, I could see a guy like Anthony Batetto possibly if we have to get really deep, uh, just because he's a, a, a professional who's been around. He comes in and does his job. And Matt Kierstead again. So there. The common theme, aside from Boteto and Delzato, is these are all young guys who are going to have to now step in and produce. And there's no question There's no question about that. You're going to be counting on Josh Mahura. You're going to be counting on Matt Kierstead. You're going to be counting on Lucas Carlson. It's, it's, it's do or die for these guys. They're going to have to step in. They're going to have to produce. They're going to have to contribute. Um, it's unfortunate where they're at with the cap situation, but that's just the reality of the situation right now. Um, from a forward standpoint, you can get you can get some guys in who can rotate. Um, we can rotate in as healthy scratches. I think Hepaniemi is a great example. He he was one of the uh, last cuts. Uh, Grigory Denisenko possibly. And if you want to go the veteran route, you've got Chris Tierney. You've got uh, Anton Levchi, who's uh, who's had a fantastic start um, to to the AHL season. Levchi's been great. So you've you've got some options. Um, but again. Six, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks down the line, you go back to having the same issues and you could potentially be having to expose some guys to waivers. And if they play well, you don't want to waive them because they could get claimed. So it opens up a whole nother set of issues. Um, but again, it, it's, it's, that, that's just reality. I mean, there's no real, there's no real way around it. You're going to, you have to do what you have to do right now. And then when Ekblad gets back, you have to adjust to that as well. So this is this is why Bill Zito gets paid when he gets paid. This is why he's the GM. You got to trust him to make the right moves in this situation, and and hopefully the team can stay can stay afloat. Uh, they don't necessarily have to dominate while Ekblad's out, but just keep the season moving forward in a positive direction. Uh, keep winning the games you're supposed to win. 
steal a couple of ones that are more difficult. Make sure you're you're at least treading water until Ekblad gets back. It, it's it's a long, long grind of a season. Other teams are going to have injuries too. Uh, when that time comes, you capitalize then. But for us right now, just just stay the course, and Ekblad will come back. Yeah, and Bill Zito has been able to adjust in many different situations. Like, for example, when Aaron Eckblad went down last year, they used the LTIR space to help a three-way trade with the Carolina Hurricanes and Columbus Blue Jackets to get Max Domi, used uh, the assets to get Robert Haig. So he's been able to do even some minor things on the fly sometimes when adversity hits. And like we said, adversity is good for this team and, and how and how they build on it. But we're also going to discuss in segment number two, based on the offseason moves that Bill Zito made this previous offseason and ask the question if there is a possibility that there could be buyer's remorse. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, And Bet Online is your number one source for all sports betting. Go, go to betonline.net to bet on all things, whether it's esports, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And for, you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in, in-depth analysis on every game you can find. Head to betonline.net or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So Jacob, I've seen, I've seen some takes out there uh, since Monday, and it, in relation to the cap, and even myself, I've had to kind of, you know, not be active as as far as the state of the cap. And Mon- Tuesday's episode of Locked On Panthers was a really a very passionate episode for myself as far as talking about the cap situation. But I've seen people discussing things along the lines of Sergey Bobrovsky should retire. And I'm just like saying, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, and and the possibility and and just and Let's talk about some of the big contracts on on the team. Of course, there's Sergey Bobrovsky, but still, for what what he is on the team right now, still a very serviceable goalie who could mentor a Spencer Knight. And with Spencer Knight still not having a full season, Sergey Bobrovsky has a still a very very big role on this team. And I might sound like a Sergey Bobrovsky apologist in in that sense, but. I want to ask you this question, uh, Jacob. And I had a, I had a, I had an opportunity to ask you this pre recording, and I, and you had a lot of time to think about it. Even though I might know what the answer is, I think it's really good to get this out of the way, regardless. In case, well, not in case, because it will happen again, based on having to probably roster twenty players. Is 
with the Kachuk trade, you're bringing one body in, an elite player, but you shifted out an elite player and probably a tier two, tier three defenseman in Mackenzie Weger. Those are, and let's think of it from a body's perspective, roster. Forget about cap for now. Just putting bodies on the ice and healthy bodies on the ice. And if Bill Zito is looking at this situation that the Panthers are in right now, do we think that there is an opportunity for some, at least a little bit of buyer's remorse? That's a tough one because it it depends on how you look at it. So from a short-term perspective, of course, you would, when X flies out, you would rather have Mackenzie Weger in there. That's a given. But the, this trade, you bring in Kachuk, it is not a short-term decision. Mm-hmm. Kachuk is brought in with a long-term contract, and it gives you future cap flexibility. So I think, yes, there's a little bit of short-term buyer's remorse, but from a long-term perspective, absolutely not. The Ekblad's injury right now changes nothing as far as what the team is set up to do for the next seven, five, six, seven years. It changes nothing. The 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 trade to bring in Kachuk was not a, a win now. Let's go let's go for broke this season type of move. Bringing in Kachuk is something to set up the franchise for the next decade. So no, I don't think there's buyer's remorse. I think right now we're in a very tough spot not having the healthy bodies, especially on defense. Mackenzie Weger historically has done an incredible job stepping in when Ekblad has gone down. Uh, he and Gus Forsling have have been terrific in those situations. If if the trade could have been done without including Mackenzie Weger, of course I would have preferred it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But the reality is, you weren't going to be able to pay those guys regardless. You you get one more year out of them. Maybe you're able to re-sign Huberdeau, but that contract isn't looking good. It, it, it shortens the the Panthers' cup window. Mackenzie Weger definitely would not have been able to be paid. So I think, I, I, honestly, for, for the situation Bill Zito was in, getting Kachuk out of it was, was spectacular work. So I, I don't think there's buyer's remorse. I think short term, of course, you'd rather have Mackenzie Weger in there. You, uh, definitely. Like, if Mackenzie Weger could be on this team right now, of course, people would prefer that. But I think, I think calling it buyer's remorse um, just because of a short term, four to six week injury situation does it a huge disservice to what Kachuk is going to provide for the next eight years. Um, Where, I mean, it's a reactive fan base uh, where of course we react to what's, what's in front of us. When Ekblad goes down, no one's thinking about what's happening in the next couple of seasons. Everyone's thinking about right now, which is exactly what the response is that you would expect. Everybody wants to win right now. So I get that. Um, But I think you just have to have a little bit more of a a long-term approach. We've got to be a little bit less short-sighted and, and, this is this is a temporary situation uh, with a with a long term outlook uh, that we're that we're kind of overlooking and, and ignoring. So I think no, I, I I wouldn't call it buyers remorse. People calling for Bobrovsky to retire, I think that's just ridiculous. Um, if anything, if any off season regret, you could make the case that that we put should have pushed harder to trade Patrick Hornquist and free up that space, but. Um, you know, we're, we're nitpicking at that point. I, I, I think that was kind of a given. Um, yeah, no, re- really no buyer's remorse. And, and anyone calling for Sergei Bobrovsky to, to retire, stop it. Just stop. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. And I, and, and 
I I have the same answer as you as of no no buyer's remorse for a for a injury that's four to four to six maybe eight weeks. And let's also consider this: who has been the most noticeable player on the ice for the Florida Panthers in the first three games? Exactly, it has been Matthew Kachuk, and it's not even close. Yeah. So, what Matthew has been able to bring with four points in three games and just just the after the whistle stuff i mean we even saw it at the end of the buffalo game we saw a whole bunch in 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 boston which we still i still don't understand how the the neon neon balsers resulted in kachuk being getting a double minor and the that was a not getting a power play but he he's a dude who's gonna fight for fight for your teammates he's we we've already seen how great he has been in as far as puck retrieval near the blue paint as well. And just, and, and you said it right at the top, the top line for the Panthers. I mean, historically Barkoff in October, November, we even talked about this like about a month or two ago, how important is it for Barkoff to have a good start? And don't be surprised if uh, maybe Wednesday night, this is where Alexander Barkoff, it, it arrives for at least this season uh right right on wednesday night a prime time slot for for the panthers and really still important for him to get to get his fair share of of production because this is i mean he shined in that third period against buffalo with the lead every single every single time the the buffalo sabers were on the offensive end you see Alexander Barkov play after play, especially on the penalty kill that, and, and that's where, and that's where we have to really look at that part of Barkov's game as well from what he's done in the first three games, despite not getting on the score scoreboard. Yeah, definitely. We can't discredit Barkov's defense in any way, especially right now we're going to be thin on defense. It's going to require a lot of effort from the forwards to contribute defensively Uh, with Ekblad out. There's going to be chances against, there's going to be a little bit. I mean, you can definitely count on some communication issues, even that haven't been practicing because we didn't have the cap space to have healthy scratches in practice. It, the defense is going to it's going to take some lumps. It's going to it's going to give up some chances, and the forwards are going to have to do their fair share of pulling the defensive weight. That is never a problem with Barkov. Um, we've talked about his versatility. If you if you wanted to, you could take Barkov out as a forward and put him on defense, and he would probably still be one of the, the top-tier defensemen in the NHL. The guy's just that smart, that skilled in every area of the sport of hockey. He's just he's, – there's not a hole in his game. So the offense is going to come. We know it is. Barkov is going to turn it on eventually. And uh, against the Flyers, it's a good time to do that. Um, the team is dealing with some adversity. Some guys are out. You need you need old reliable to step up and 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 earn his earn his his paycheck and and be the captain. So I think I think it's a good time for Barkov to do it. My eyes are on Barkov against Philly and just the next the next stretch of games. You got Tampa coming to town, the Islanders again. There's gonna be, there's some tough matchups, and Barkov's gonna have to carry this team. And I think he's he's up to the task. So um, we just we gotta calm down and relax a little bit on the on the offensive side of things. That'll come. We're only three games in. He still has two points. It's not like he's he's been completely invisible. Um, but you know, we're there. There are guys adapting to a new system. Guys adapting to new line mates. The offense will will get there. The defense, 
we just got to hone in on the defense. The forwards have to have to support the defensemen, especially with Ekblad out, and and we're gonna be just fine. And let's not forget that the Panthers are still a- averaging three goals a game in their first in their first three games too. So that those are good enough to to win most nights as, as well. So it, it's not it's not a matter of hitting the panic button because you're always gonna have a have a chance to win when whenever you score that many that many goals for this team. And it really goes back to, to last season. It's been a while since this team has been shut out in the regular season. It's been April, 2021, if I'm not mistaken, it's been, it's been a while for, for, for for the Panthers since they've been shut out. So offensive production has really always been a thing for, for this Panthers team, even before Joel Quenville came to the picture for the Panthers during the Bugner years. So that, that has always been a thing for, for the, for the Panthers. But in segment number three, we are going to preview tonight's primetime matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Philadelphia Flyers, the Panthers home opener on Wednesday on TNT. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Widen's Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob. I, I was actually looking at the standings a little bit and I said this in our in our chat and all the winless teams in the NHL are all coming from the Western Conference right, right right now. Three of them, which are the Minnesota Wild, Vancouver Canucks, and San Jose Sharks. Really the only big the only one that's not really surprised there is the San Jose Sharks going into a full rebuild. And the Vancouver Canucks first four games they blow multiple goal leads uh and but this time they get a a point out of it in columbus uh but not not a good start for the vancouver canucks and the minnesota wild uh they didn't play tonight but they mm-hmm. but they're zero and three and they've given up at least six goals in their first three games so ouch but one one game of course that we're looking at from tuesday night's action is the game between the philadelphia flyers and the tampa bay lightning uh, I I didn't watch it. I didn't watch the game. Uh, Flyers uh, Lightning, but of course, seeing the box score, Carter Hart, thirty six of thirty eight last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, and o- the only two goals that he gave up were power play goals to Steven Stamkos. And even though the Lightning are one three and zero, Steven Stamkos has six goals already for for the Lightning, and four of them have been on one timers. So dangerous, uh, dangerous place, of course, for Steven Stamkos on that left circle. But Carter Hart's leading the way for the Philadelphia Flyers. They haven't given up more than two goals in their first three games of the season. And Travis Konechny is also uh, leading the way for the Philadelphia Flyers with three goals in three games. But Jacob, with an opportunity for the Philadelphia Flyers not to have morning skate on Wednesday, no confirmation, but they're on the second end of a back-to-back. Chances are the Florida Panthers might not be facing up against Carter Hart on Wednesday night in Sunrise, Florida. So that's a plus. And of course, the the Florida Panthers are also dealing with injuries, but the Flyers are dealing with a, a few injuries as well. Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis is still has only played four games for the Philadelphia Flyers in his career there since that trade. Rasmus Ristolainen uh, is, is out. And Owen Tippett will not be making his uh, return to Sunrise uh, to face off against his former team. So, and we spoke about this 
at the end of September when we previewed the October schedule on what was the trap game that we talked about? What was the trap game, Jacob? <laughs> yes, sir. It was definitely the Flyers. Um, we we discussed that uh, that they it's a t- John Tortorella coach team, uh, so the, the talent might not be there. The the offense might not be humming all the time, but they're going to come in and they're going to play you hard no matter what. That's Tortorella. That's that's his identity, uh, for better or worse. He's not the best, not necessarily the best person. Maybe too old school. Uh, definitely a, a little bit too hard on his players most of the time. Um, but it it does produce it does produce hardworking efforts, no, like no matter the 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 cost. So that's a team that's going to play you tough. And they they're not a team that's completely devoid of skill. Uh, they they've got some guys who are a little bit older now, but still know how to produce. Uh, John uh, James Van Riemsdyk, I believe, had at least a, I think he may have had two goals against Tampa. Uh, connect me, Scott Lawton, uh, who may be looking for revenge after the uh, the Panthers. Um, they, uh, I want to say, and I believe, ended his season last year with a big hit um, when when uh, Lindbaum was here. Um, it's it's a team that has that has some talent. They've got some young players who can produce, and their defense. Uh, they've got Tony D'Angelo back there, who's a more of an offensive defenseman, but he can still he can put pucks in the net and set up his teammates. Um, so it's it's a team that, that should not be taken lightly. The goaltending, they've gotten great goaltending from Carter Hart to start the year. And that's again, that's that's a Tortorella coach team. So defensively, they're gonna play they're gonna play a structured defense. Um it's it, it should be an, an interesting matchup. I don't think it's gonna be a situation where the Panthers are gonna come in and walk all over them, uh, like many like many assumed when they looked at these two teams in the offseason on paper. Uh, Philly is a team that's going to play better than than the roster they have on paper just because of the the system they run there, uh, the way Tortorella coaches his team. So I expect a battle. I expect it to come down to the third period. I don't think we're running away with this game. And and goaltending is going to be huge. Um, given that the Panthers' defense is kind of up in the air right now, a lot of guys in and out. We don't know Montour's status. We know Ekblad won't be playing. It's uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be up a lot of it's gonna be up to the goaltending because the chances we're gonna give up some chances and and we're gonna have to see what kind of goaltending we get uh, from on the back end a uh, couple timely saves put some pucks in the net the other way it, Panthers Panthers are used to this this is not this is a uh, it's gonna be a high energy game being the, the home opener but it's not a, a test that the Panthers aren't aren't ready to meet and. Like you said, against Tampa, both of their goals came on the power play. That tells me that if the Panthers do get to the power play, there's some opportunity there. And it, especially with Ekblad out, uh, now would be a really, really good time to get the special teams going. A power play goal or two power play goals in a game it, it is oftentimes all the difference you need. Um, and, and if your special teams can carry you through some of those difficult times in the year, then you're in really good shape. So. Maybe maybe expose the the penalty kill for for Philly and and get out with two points. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, especially especially in prime time. I think it's a really good opportunity for the Panthers to show uh, the country what what they're what they're looking at um, as far as this season. So I'm I'm excited. I wish Owen Tippett was playing though. That that would have been cool. Yeah, definitely would have been cool to see uh, Tip uh, be out there. Of course, uh, cheering him on wherever wherever uh, he he lands and. Listen, but despite all that, the pa- the Panthers really haven't given up goals on on the PK neither. Despite all the 
all the defensive issues and line and the pair shakeups as well. The the Panthers have only given up one power play goal in the season. That was on opening night against uh, Noah Dobson. So uh, right. very encouraging uh, as far as as that for the Panthers. But honestly, Jacob, I don't even know how to predict the defensive pairings for Thursday night because I don't know who is specifically going to be called up. We don't know Montour's status. Uh, of course, Forsling is going to be on that top line, but thankfully for the Panthers, they uh, someone like Josh Mahura, who they just claimed off of waivers, can play on both sides of the uh, the defense as well. So that that's a that's a plus. You're losing right. Montour, who can play both sides. So that's a that's a really uh, difficult uh, task that Paul Maurice has. So, uh, but we could if if there is a, a healthy Brandon Montour, we of, I, I believe that we could see him on that right side. Uh, paired up with Gus Forsling, and then maybe you could do something like Stahl Gudis as far as that second pair. And yeah, it, it's not, it's not, it's it, just saying it out loud is just like, it, it's really hard to say right right now based on, based on the first three games for Mark Stahl. But just, uh, just, this is a situation where the Panthers really have to hold the fort and really, uh, even if there's a even if there's a breakaway for for the Flyers or really any other opponent for the Panthers, even when there's a save that you don't expect Sergei Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight, this is re- really where those two are going to really have to sometimes really bail the Panthers out. I mean, for example, I mean Spencer Knight against Jeff Skinner on Saturday. What what incredible what incredible save! I didn't even get a. Of course, that was a Saturday game. I didn't get a chance to talk about that. But you you you've seen already an example of that, and we're gonna definitely need to see some more of that this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the goaltending is gonna be hu- huge, especially for however long Ekblad is out. Uh, now the the game against the Flyers, we may get a. I I really would be shocked if Carter Hart starts again. Uh, you know, with Tortorella, you never know. Uh, he's not, yeah, he's, he's definitely known for, he does not tend to care too much about the workload he puts on his players. So if Carter Hart is the hot goalie and he's, he's a young guy, I could absolutely see Tortorella throwing him back out there. Uh, it wouldn't shock me uh, by any means, but if he goes the more traditional route, gives the game to the backup. Uh, I believe it's Felix Sandstrom who we'd be getting. Yep. Um, not a ton of NHL experience. I want to say he's got five games under his belt. Um, He's he's a guy who's, who's really good as a prospect, has tons of AHL experience, not a ton of NHL experience. So you got to get pucks to him early. Um, it's a goaltending matchup. I feel the I feel like the Panthers have the advantage there. Now defensively, yeah, like you said, the the pairs. There's it's honestly kind of a useless effort to even uh, try to predict what the pairs look like. I'd love to see Forsling Montour together if Montour is good to go. Um, that's that's a pair that was good last year towards the end of the season uh, when they did play together. I would love to see that. Um, I guess that leaves you with maybe a, a Mahura Gudis look as your second pair, which not necessarily the worst. Gudis can play top four minutes. Mahura is unproven there, but he, he's shown flashes in the first few games that he can be trusted. So maybe a Mahura Gudis pair. And then um, with Mark Stahl on the third pair, I think you, you end up pairing him with, with probably Kierstead or Carlson or Delzado or something like that. I think that third pair, uh, you, you might run into some issues there. Um, so it, it's something to watch. Uh, if you want to try to shelter Mark Stahl or one of the rookies who are coming in, 
maybe you split up Montour and Forsling. Um, I don't know. It's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. It, there's not a whole lot you can do, not a whole lot of flexibility. But again, Paul Maurice is a a, a new hire for us. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to prove himself. These are the, these are the moments that that make a coach, especially in a in a new city. So uh, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Injuries are nothing new. So we'll we'll see what he comes up with. But uh, either way, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what the Panthers look like against Philly and and great opportunity is as a young player, this is what you live for. When your number's called, you want to make an impact. So we'll see who does. Mm, for sure. And like you said, it's, it's not his first rodeo when it, it, it comes to this and Panthers. Uh, it, it's really exciting. Uh, after the season they had last year, of course, starting three on the road and finally getting a chance to open at home. Uh, the hard rock, the Seminole hard rock hotel uh, already had their graphic up on their, on the guitar hotel of go cats there. So South Florida is definitely ready for some Panthers hockey. My alarms are set for 5 a.m. Uh, for to head down to South Florida. I will be in attendance for Panthers versus Flyers. Uh, so for those watching on the television, 7.30 TNT with Kenny Albert, Eddie Olachuk, and Keith Jones. And just going to be another... Uh, fun opportunity for the Panthers to showcase on the national stage that hopefully they show the NHL world that last year was not a fluke based on their uh, success, uh, getting all the way to the president's trophy. So, uh, Jacob, uh, any parting words before we sign off here on this wine and Wednesday edition of the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast? Uh, I'm just, I'm just excited to see them get going uh, at home. It, it should be a, a really good atmosphere. We've been waiting to get some home hockey and, in South Florida for a few months now, but uh, as far as parting words, uh, just to our audience, shout out to you, man. Uh, honestly, uh, we're for, for those who, who don't know, we're recording this right now at 11:40 p.m. Armando's going to be up in probably four hours, and and is going to be on the road for three hours to get there to for morning skate to to bring coverage. So, um, just so you guys know, the work he's putting in behind the scenes, gotta gotta give him some respect on that. So, so there you go. That's 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 my parting words for you tonight. Thank you so much, uh, Jacob. I appreciate those words. And also, uh, Bill Zito will be speaking to the media at 11 a.m. right after morning skate. So make sure to also follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers to get hear everything that Bill Zito has to say in in his uh, in his uh, media availability on on Wednesday morning, right after morning skate. So lot, lot, lots of excitement, but still, of course, lots of questions based on on, on this roster and the, and the future right now. But let's just enjoy the home opener on Wednesday night for now, and then we'll go from there. But Jacob, once again, thank you so much once again for, for jump, jumping on. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Absolutely. You can follow me online on Twitter at JacobWinans8. Uh, I will definitely, definitely be active there uh, going forward with, with the season getting in full swing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first of the day. 
And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day.